It's Tuesday, April the 7th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, COVID-19 deaths in Italy and Spain fall, and JP Morgan Chase may skip dividends. First, the world in brief. The COVID-19 death toll in Spain fell for the fourth day running to 637, the lowest since March 24th, while Italy reported 525 deaths on Sunday, its fewest since March 19th. Italian authorities said that they might ease their lockdown if the trend continued. Spain has extended its restrictions through April 25th. The daily death toll in France, meanwhile, continued to rise, reaching 833. Germany drew up a plan for when its lockdown is due to end on April 19th. Measures include restrictions on gatherings and requirements to wear masks in public. Austria's Chancellor, meanwhile, announced plans to lift his country's lockdown. Small shops may reopen next week and other businesses from May 1st. No date was given for reopening schools, pubs and restaurants. Boris Johnson was admitted to intensive care, a spokesman for the British government said. The Prime Minister, who was diagnosed with COVID-19 11 days ago, was taken into St Thomas's Hospital in London on Sunday. The spokesman said Mr Johnson has asked Dominic Raab, the Foreign Secretary, to stand in for him. Legislators in Poland rejected a proposal to hold a presidential election in May by postal ballot. The incumbent is leading in the polls. The opposition wants the voting postponed in light of the public health emergency. Meanwhile, in the American state of Wisconsin, Democrats and Republicans wrangled over whether to postpone elections scheduled for today in favor of a postal ballot. Jamie Dimon, the boss of J.P. Morgan Chase, said the bank may suspend its dividend for the first time if America's economy suffers a deep recession from the coronavirus pandemic. Economists reckon GDP could shrink by more than 30% at an annualized rate in the second quarter. In mid-March, JP Morgan and seven other American banks suspended share buybacks, choosing instead to lend to individuals and businesses. Singapore's finance minister unveiled a third stimulus package worth 5.1 billion Singapore dollars, 3.6 billion US dollars, mostly to help protect jobs amid the coronavirus crisis. The total stimulus in the last two months amounts to almost 60 billion Singapore dollars, or 12% of GDP. The government will draw down 14.5 billion dollars of national reserves. Schools and non-essential businesses are closed for a month. And Australia's highest court freed George Pell, overturning a six-year sentence on charges of sexually abusing boys. The 78-year-old cardinal, tasked by Pope Francis in 2014 with reforming the Vatican's finances, is the topmost Catholic cleric so far touched by a wave of sex scandals. The unanimous ruling chided lower courts for failing to consider reasonable doubt that crimes were committed. And now, here's today's agenda. Worsening Symptoms, Johnson in Intensive Care Eleven days after he tested positive for COVID-19, Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, was moved into intensive care. He had been admitted to St Thomas's Hospital in central London on Sunday with a high temperature and other persistent symptoms of the virus. But his condition appears to have worsened. Earlier on Monday, he had tweeted that he was in good spirits. He was continuing to receive official papers via the red briefcases sent to all government ministers. By the evening, he had been moved to a part of the hospital reserved for seriously ill patients, a precaution should he require ventilation to aid his recovery.
Britain has no formal succession plan for when a prime minister is incapacitated. Dominic Raab, the foreign secretary, is Mr Johnson's preferred stand-in and holds the honorific title of first secretary of state. Downing Street said Mr Raab had been asked to deputise for Mr Johnson where necessary. No country is an island, COVID-19 and Japan. Japan will declare a state of emergency across seven prefectures, including Tokyo, Prime Minister Abe Shinzo announced on Monday, amid a rising caseload and calls for more action. While Japan has few COVID-19 infections overall, some 4,000, despite being one of the first countries beyond China to confirm a case, testing has been limited and the number of confirmed cases has grown worryingly in recent weeks. Tokyo has seen cases rise from 521 at the end of March to over 1,100 now. Experts warn that the healthcare system could be overwhelmed. The declaration will give local governments leeway to cancel events, close businesses and encourage residents to stay home, although Mr Abe emphasised his desire to avoid a lockdown, as has been done overseas. He also unveiled a 108 trillion yen, $990 billion stimulus package, including direct cash payments to families, no-interest loans to companies and deferred tax payments. It seems he may still worry more about the economy than the virus. If not now, when? Corona bonds. When the Eurozone's finance ministers meet this afternoon, over video naturally, they will grapple with a familiar problem. To what extent should they share each other's burdens? The cost of the coronavirus shock is mounting, and it happens to have disproportionately affected countries with weak public finances, Italy and Spain in particular. Their governments want northern members like Germany to take on some of their costs, ideally via a mutually guaranteed corona bond. But debt mutualisation, a divisive issue in the euro crisis of 2010 to 2012, remains toxic to Germany and its allies. This rancorous debate has become marginally less pressing since the European Central Bank launched a 750 billion euro, 810 billion dollar bond buying scheme to calm markets, and today's meeting will probably result in a suite of smaller measures to help afflicted states. But the southerners will also want an answer to a trickier question: what happens when the ECB's medicine is withdrawn? Partial amnesty, Turkey and COVID-19. The number of confirmed COVID-19 cases in Turkey has tripled over the past week to more than 30,000, raising fears that the virus has begun spreading through the country's overcrowded prisons. But at least some of its 300,000 inmates may soon catch a break. Today, Turkish lawmakers will debate a proposed amnesty for up to 90,000 of them. The law would make those who have served half of their sentences eligible for parole and transfer others to house arrest but it would not apply to scores of political prisoners, including journalists, human rights campaigners and academics, nor to a former presidential candidate, Selahattin Demirtas. And tens of thousands of people, including followers of a secretive Islamist movement and Kurds accused of links to armed separatists, were hauled off to prison after a bloody coup attempt in 2016, often on trumped-up charges of terrorism. They too will remain locked up. A bit rich? Awkward times for billionaires. Spare a thought for plutocrats when Forbes publishes its annual ranking of billionaires today. They tend to be hit harder by market routes than mere millionaires because their portfolios are loaded with riskier assets. Most are nursing hefty losses inflicted by COVID-19. 
A few, though, have done well. The net worth of Jeff Bezos, Amazon's founder, has risen by almost $3 billion since the start of 2020, as demand for its goods and services has boomed. Eric Yuan, boss of Zoom, is richer by the same amount thanks to an explosion in video conferencing. If that doesn't enrage class warriors, reports of billionaires retiring to super yachts to self-isolate in Uber comfort surely will. David Geffen, a music and film mogul, deleted an Instagram pic of his $590 million quarantine vessel after a backlash. True, Bill Gates and others are pouring millions into efforts to develop a coronavirus vaccine, but philanthropy is so much duller than photographic faux pas. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Henry Kuttner, who was born on this day in 1915. Man has the hardest job of all, the job of making decisions on incomplete data. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.